Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. I know you got your Bibles ready. You ready to get into the Word of God? Go ahead and turn your Bibles with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 41. The book of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 41. Mark, chapter 4, verse 41 reads as follows. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Based on that, I want to talk to you from this topic. Faith walkers understand that the wind and sea obey him, him being Jesus. Let's give the Lord a hand to praise for the topic this morning. Amen. <laughs> this past week, I was in a conversation with a uh, another pastor, and, and I, we always laugh about God has a sense of humor. And because he laughs at our calamities, according to Psalms 43, I believe, or so in the neighborhood. And we got a, I got a kick out of this morning as I was preparing this. And I said, well, God has a sense of humor in preparing this message for this, for our congregation on this Sunday, considering the weather that's outside. I said, God, you got a sense of humor. But I, I, I love him and I appreciate him because he has our, the followers say so. In our lives. Is that right? So that's for understanding is necessary for a victorious Christian life. Because if you understand what God, about, about God, that some things may go astray in your life, but because you know who God is, you know all things are working together for your good. You know that. You, you don't quite, you can't figure everything out, but you know God is working it for your good. No matter what happens in life, no matter what comes your way, you know God is working it for your good. You believe in scriptures like Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. In fact, go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible reads as follows. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. So to break that down a little bit, he says wisdom, being skillful and shrewd in the word of God and the ways of God. It is the principal thing. It is the beginning, the first, it's the chief, it is the main thing. The Proverbs writer letting us know that we must first seek wisdom. And the writer goes on to say that we must possess it. Therefore, get wisdom. Get uh, what it takes to be skillful and true in the word of God and the ways of God. Get it. Acquire it. Possess it. Go after it. Possess it. Possess what? Wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. And all you're getting, get understanding. Get the meaning. Get knowledge. Get discernment. In the ways of God, always understand that when we get this, we're getting to know God even the more. One of the purposes of getting understanding as well as wisdom is to get to know God in a deeper and a more profound way. 
We have to become students of God's word to the point that we get meaning, knowledge, and discernment on how to apply his word to our everyday life and how we think, how we talk, and how we conduct our lives to be more like Jesus. So in every opportunity that we have to, to hear God's written and revealed word, we must be attentive or pay close attention to be alert and excited to hear his instructions, his guidance, as well as his direction. Devotion time on a day-by-day basis should be a priority in our lives. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, daily, we're getting to know Jesus. In other words, I need to be able to come to, especially on Sunday mornings, I'm about to get ahead of myself, on Sunday mornings, we need to be able to come into the house of God without a lot of distractions in our mind, will, and emotions. We can't be sleepy and sluggish. We can't afford to be concerned about the conversation we had with our spouse or our child or co-worker or any other conversation we had that would try to distract us from what we need to hear. That's why it's important that we not only hear the word on Sundays, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in other words, a daily, a daily dose of God is what we need every day. We don't need to miss a day. Every day we need to be meditating on his word day in and day out. Now the Lord is so concerned about our ability to gain knowledge and understanding that he ordained an avenue for this to take place in our lives. Let's go to Jeremiah 3 and 15. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, and verse 15. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. So when I come in the house of God on a Sunday morning, he gives us shepherds or pastors. And my job is to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Now, why does God do that? Is according to his heart. This is God's heart. This is his mind, his desire, his will, and his thinking. I want my sheep to have knowledge and understanding. This is not Pastor Dobbs' idea. This is not your idea. This is God's idea. And we just conform into what God wants us to have. So as we read in Jeremiah 15, he gives us pastors who will feed us. Feed means I'm going to teach you, I'm going to govern you, I'm going to lead you, I'm going to tend to you with knowledge. Knowledge is information about God and understanding, insight, wisdom, and that which causes prosperity and success. So now I'm, I'm going to tell you more about God. Also, you're going to, I'm going to tell you how or I should give you insight as well as wisdom, which causes us to prosper and be successful. When I arrive at God's house, or on or before his house, I'm excited, I'm ready, because I expect to hear insight and wisdom through his written and revealed word that will cause me to prosper and be successful. One thing I wrote that I want you to really understand, I need to know Jesus better. I need to know Jesus better. I need to know his word. I need to know his ways. I need to know Jesus better. And it's not just on Sunday I come to get to know Jesus. This is a day-by-day process. Every day I want to know more about Jesus. 
Listen, I know you know more about your job, your family and loved ones, but we need to make sure we know more about Jesus. You may not know. You may have a lot of information about a lot of things, but you need to know more about Jesus than you did last week. Need to know more about Jesus. Joshua 1 and 8 makes it a little clear. Before I read that, let me make this statement to you. As born again believers with Jesus our Lord and Savior, I have a promise that if I meditate on this word both day and night, I will prosper and be successful successful, and know my Lord even the more. Notice Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law should not depart from your mouth. It's not going to be removed from your mouth, but you should meditate. You're going to speak it. You're going to utter it. You're going to imagine. You're going to think about it. Day and night. Remember, we take no time off about thinking about the word. We take no time off. We may not think 24-7, but our reaction should be, is it, this is what God wants. This is what God is saying. This is what God is doing. And I'm going to observe, when I hear God speaking to me, I'm going to observe, I'm going to give heed, I'm going to guard it, and to what? Do what he said. I'm going to accomplish it. I'm going to put it in order according to all that is written in it. But then I'm going to make my way prosperous and then I will have good success. See, there's power in God's word. There's power in God's word. How many believe there's power in God's word? I'm telling you, that word is what's keeping you right now. That word is what's keeping you right now. It's not your good looks. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. It's God's word that's keeping you. And the more I understand his word and his power, the more I can adjust the difficult situations by faith and not by sight. See, the word has power to change situations and circumstance, power to create in us as well as through us, power to produce prosperity as well as success. So there's power to change, power to create, and power to produce. There's power in the word of God. That God's power is unlimited, indescribable, and it goes beyond human intellect. Whereas human power is limited, but God's power is unlimited. Human insight is limited, but God's power is unlimited. Excuse me. Human power to create is limited, but God is unlimited. Human power to produce is limited, but God's power is to produce is unlimited. God can produce in unlimited ways. Never put the limit on God. Now, when man, when you, we, we, even when you talk to man, you think he limited. He limited. It's going to be just like I said, limited. You, you got but six months, limited. You're going to have so much money, limited. You can't do this, that, or the other, limited. He don't know what God going to do in my life. She don't know what God going to do in my life. Because why? God is unlimited. I'll be lying to you saying, well, God is going to give you $10 million in your lifetime. Like somebody, I'd be happy with $10 million, God. But you might be limiting yourself. You might be limiting yourself. God can do so much, so much more in your life if we allow him to. As we continue to be faith walkers, we can experience that power, not by the outward appearance of situations, but through the eyes of faith. It's up to me to be a faith walker, not just in the name, but in actions. That's why James 2 and 17 reminds us, 
Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's dead. Get James 2 and 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, if it does not have deeds or labor or action, it's dead. It's none effect. It's inactive. It's destitute of force or power. See, our faith needs a corresponding action to go along with the faith. See, if I believe that prayer changes things, I need to pray. If I believe that giving is changing my living, I need to give. Don't tell me you love God but hate your brother. That's not corresponding action. Because he tells us what corresponding action is. I don't, I don't try to tell you what corresponding action is. I try to relate to you what he says in his word. Therefore, if I feed you knowledge and understanding, you know that if I, if I say prayer changes things, I got word to back that up. If I say that giving is changing my living, then I got word to back that up. Because why? It's his word that changes our lives for the better. It's his word that makes the difference in our lives. And I need corresponding works or deeds or actions to cause my faith to be effective, active, and filled with power. See, action activates the power of faith. Action activates the power of faith. When you pray, you say your prayer is so great. No, you're activating power that's beyond, that's unlimited. Oh, you got to get that. You got to get that. When you give, you're activating power that is unlimited. That's why he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together and run it over. Why? Because you're activating power that's unlimited. When you pray and then you're, you're activating power that is unlimited. See, this is what God does because he's an unlimited God. That's why he says I can do exceedingly abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Why? You're activating power that is unlimited when you put faith in action. Anything less that that can impact my ability to be successful or to receive a powerful income. I mean, excuse me, outcome. Income, too. I like that, too, Lord. (laughs) There may be a time when we have sudden, unplanned, unexpected, and unfortunate turns in life that would try to shake our faith and cause us to feel powerless rather than powerful. There could be a financial turn, health turn, family turn, marriage turn, relationship turn. As the world turns, whatever the turn may be, as the word turn, that's probably up some of y'all head. But that was a soap opera my mama used to watch back when I grew up. Now, let, let me, can I, I'll be real. I watched a few episodes myself. But your life can turn with, with life, with just life. Life happens. We could be going one way in life and all of a sudden things begin to shift to move a slight change in position or direction. And it's not that you were expecting the turn, it just the turn came out of nowhere. You start going in a different direction. Like I, I thought I was going this way, but now I'm going that way. And then you tell me it's in the will of God. I say, well, this don't seem like it's in the will of God because I thought I had it all planned out. I thought I had A, B, C, and D all together. And now I got this big turn in my life. Like, what? Why I got this turn? I've been playing for eight Point B, uh, A, big A, little A. I, I wanted all things to be set in a nice little. And I use scripture like, let's do things decently in order. And, and I say, it's going to work like that. <laughs> okay, well, let's see what it says about that. 
Sometimes a shift happens in life. Going a different way that causes a wave or turbulence or instability or conflict in our world. And let me say this to you. Shift and turbulence and conflicts are real. Shift, turbulence, conflicts are real. What you experienced was real. I'm not going to sit there and say, well, if you were in faith, you wouldn't have had no shift, you would have had no turbulence, and you wouldn't have had no conflict. Well, I'm not going to tell you that lie, because I can't support it biblically. I can't even support it today after I tell you what I'm going to tell you today. So I know I can't support that one. So these things are real. So what you're experiencing is real. I'm not going to take that away from you. But how you respond to it is what we're going to get to. Everybody see that so far? Even in the midst of a shift of turbulence and waves, we need to be consistent faith walkers with good understanding of who God is and the power that is in his written and revealed word. So let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 4, verse 35. So when you have shift and turbulence and conflicts and waves and all types of things happening in your life, you got to know who God is. You got That's why I say it's important that you know God on a day-by-day basis. You got to know him because I'm telling you, I wish I could tell you that shifts ain't going to happen in your life. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you that turbulence is not going to happen in your life. But I'm going to show you a few things that I believe the Lord gave me to share with you this morning. Mark 4.35. Mark 4.35. On the same day, oh, let, me, let me go back. Let me read it. I want to read to you. Then I'm going to go back and talk a little bit about it. I want to get back to it. Yes, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over, let us depart, let us travel, let us go over to the other side. Let me say this to you. When he said cross over, it's just like a promise. Because whatever God says, you know, his word cannot return back to him void, but it's got to accomplish everything he set out to do. So let's say, for example, I'm here. <clears throat> this is the seat, whatever body of water it is. Jesus is over here, him, a boat, and some more boats. And he said, we're going to cross over to the other side. Now, in the mind of God, he's already over. Y'all see that, right? Because when God says something, it's going, it's, it's, my, it's done. God's not talking about, well, you're going to have some stuff happening in the middle. It don't matter to God what happened in the middle. In his mind, it's, you're over. And, I, and when you read this, that's why he went to sleep, because he said, hey, you're already on the other side. Why am I worried about this? You're already on the other side. I said it. That's enough. Disciples, didn't you see me do miracles while, while you walk with me? Didn't you see me do all types of miracles? Like, didn't you, when you hear last Sunday, we said faith don't fail. Were you here all last year? We talking about following our mission, God, trusting the Lord wholeheartedly, and every other thing we have. So we're not novices. And He said, "I well, if I say we're going to the other side, that's a promise. We're going over. What's going to stop God when He say we're going over? What's going to stop God? Keep that in mind as we go. As we go." When he says, let us, I like us, because us lets me know it's a unified effort. 
to cross over or to travel over to the other side if he wants to go over. Now, if you want to go over, I need to, need to emphasize this. Let us go over to the other side. So let us means those that want to go can go over. Now, I say I had wrote this down later, but I want to share this with you now because I think it's important that we understand this. He didn't say go over later or go over before I go. Y'all missed that thing. When he says let us go over, when he says go over, he said let's go over now. You're not going to wait a few months later. You're not going to wait 10 minutes later. You're not going to wait 30 minutes later. When he says go over, he means go over when I say go over. Also, he didn't say I'm not, uh, you can go over when you want to. He didn't say go over when you feel like it, when you feel led to go. Now, when, said, when God says go over, he means we're going over at this particular time, not before or not after. We're going over because why? This is the will of God to cross over. Now, this is what I love about God, and I know he had this in his mind before he went to sleep. They're going to run into a storm before they go to sleep. Well, God, why do you wait till the storm was going to pass over before you allowed them to cross over? You got to ask him that question when you see him. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, God don't have to explain everything to us. He doesn't have to make everything fit into our little... He's going, we're going to walk by faith or we're going to walk by sight. All right. But he wanted them unified. Unified means they were all on the same page. They had the same goal and the goal was to cross over to the other side. Good leadership has the ability to get people on the same page. Good leaders set the tone for movement, whether in the home, at work, or at church. Those are greatest examples of leadership, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us cross over to the other side. Our zero leaders, are we, going, are we giving our team clear directions of the team's next steps? Husbands, are you providing clear direction for the household's next steps? Head of household, are you providing clear direction for the household's next step? Jesus wanted them to travel over to the other side, and this was his plan, and everyone was going to benefit from the plan, not just a few. Not just a few. A few. We will have a chance to go over as well as, as, as long as we continue to follow the Lord, crossing over to the other side. Just to keep this in mind, you may want to cross over from debt to abundance. From sickness to good health. From poverty to prosperity. From, from, from bad to better. Hallelujah. Crossing over. Thank God for crossing over. They also were sure that everyone was traveling in the same direction, even the small boats. The Lord's plan included the small boats. He left no one out in Mark 4 and 36. Now when they had left the multitude, they took or receive him along the boat as he was. So Jesus was in the boat, and then there were other little boats, the small boats that were also with him. Oh, yeah. Now think about this for a moment. He, he's in a boat, and he's got these small boats that are with him, but God left nobody out. Everybody was going to cross over at the same time. 
I love that about God. We're going to cross over together. Small boat, big boat. Listen, little faith, big faith. Wherever, wherever you are in life, God had a plan for everyone to cross over. But suddenly a shift takes place and they begin to experience a level of turbulence. And again, I don't think the turbulence was no surprise to Jesus, but to everybody else on the boat. You would think that God would have picked a different time to go over. Since he knew the boat, I mean, don't, you ain't never looked at the weather report and said, you know what, I'm going to travel at a different time because of... Look how they looking at me, Lord. I'm trying not to get too personal with them, but I'm, I'm going to have to get just a tad bit more personal. I know at least I did anyway. I looked at the weather report for the service today. Like I said, God has a sense of humor. <laughs> it's during the times of shifting and turbulence that we need to understand our one true God and be able to discern his power at work in our situation. No matter what is going on, we got to know God is still at work. Got to know, got to know, got to know. And Mark 4 and 37. Mark 4 and 37. Now notice, something arose while they're getting ready to go over and they're following the command of God, too. This ain't like they're out of the will of God. They're doing what is exactly what the Lord told them to do. Let us cross over. So they're crossing over. And notice what arises. A windstorm. A windstorm. And a, not just any windstorm. The Bible says a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So a great windstorm, a great disturbance, a great gust, a great turning. And one of my definitions that I found in this particular uh, study was throwing everything topsy-turvy arose. Now, it didn't arise until they got going across the water. It didn't arise to then. It arose then as they were crossing over to the other side. And the waves beat. The waves beat means it, 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 it rushed the ship. And it was already filling. Now, if the windstorm beat on Jesus' boat, we know that sometime in our life, the windstorm or disturbances of life are going to come against us as well. If Jesus' boat got hit with the windstorm, you know your life going to hit the windstorm sooner or later. Because if he got hit, I'm thinking, who am I to say I'm not going to get hit? I can rebuke the windstorm to him to whenever. Sooner or later, I'm going to get hit in life. Sooner or later, I'm going to get hit. The problem, many cases, is not the storm, but the water from the storm. When it feels the inside of the boat or hits against the boat to the point that it causes problems to the function of the boat. See, as long as it's hitting against the boat, it's not filling the boat. The problem is when it fills the boat. When water fills the boat, that's when you got problems. See, it can hit against your boat all day long as long as it don't hit against your boat. I'll give you a natural example. Uh, for those who've lived long enough, who own their own property or have lived in something, you have no problem as long as the roof holds up. 
But boy, when water stopped dropping through that roof, you got another problem altogether. Listen, you ain't had no problems. And I'm, I, some of y'all might not remember this, but I'm going to tell some of the folks that may be new to the ministry. There was a time, y'all, we used to have a problem down in that basement. It would happen every, every, every week, every storm. But every now and then a good storm would hit. And the next thing you know, there were water in that basement. And we were calling y'all, hey y'all, we need help. <laughs> I'm not calling unless we need you, but we need you. Cause there's water in that basement. See, as long as the water stay outside the basement, we have no problem. As long as it's flowing around the building, going down in the woods, hey, we were cool. We were fine. Things were honky. I mean, sometimes we go down there and think because it rained so much. Hey, y'all, you go look, I go look, somebody go look. We, we were right down there, then we just peeked around the corner. <laughs> Dread what we might see. <laughs> and sometimes we'd be fortunate enough. It'd be raining, and you look down there, it'd be dry. You're like, whoo! Thank you, Lord. It was no problem as long as it was dry. But once it may have started coming in, ooh, that was a problem. Well, see, water is not a problem until it starts getting in the boat. Everybody see? And that's why he says here, it's filling. It's filling. See, problems are not bad until they start to fill our mind with doubt. Start to fill our mind with unbelief. And this is what I call side effects of problems. So you got a problem, you're going to have a problem. I mean, this face, life, life will bring you a problem. But don't let it fill your mind with doubt. Don't let it fill your mind with unbelief. Don't let it fill your mind with fear or anger or anxiety or thoughts of suicide or oppression or jealousy and so forth. See, problems can have a person thinking, talking, and processing their life outside the boundaries of Scripture. Problems going to come, but don't let them fill your boat with doubt. Don't let them fill your boat, boat with unbelief. Don't let it fill your boat with anger, oppression, and so forth. When finance begin to go topsy-turvy and cause disruption in your mind, Check, your checkbook in your household, you can easily be filled with doubt, unbelief, and such like. See, the problem is, see, the problem, you think the problem is the checkbook. The problem is what comes with the shortage of the checkbook. The thoughts of unbelief, the thoughts that, of, of doubt, the thoughts of, I'm not gonna make it. It's those thoughts that come along with what you see in the checkbook. Everybody see that? Because if you don't understand that, see, if you keep it staying faith, when you see the checkbook come up a little short, you're like, hey, God's still going to supply the need. According to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever I'm dealing with, I don't let the anxiety that tries to associate itself with the problem come to fill my boat. Or to fill my mind, or to fill my thoughts in the way that I think, talk, and conduct my life. I can't let that happen. I can't let that happen because that won't be beneficial to me. The same is true for sickness and disease. It causes us to be tempted to believe to believe the doctor's report rather than the Lord's report. 
If the doctor's report don't line up with the Lord's report, you ain't got to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it. Again, it was filling, filling. It was filling the boat. Or in this case, we're talking about filling our minds. Fill our minds. We can't allow this to fill our minds, to put as much as can be held or to spread through our minds. Can't let it do it because it will take over. It will take over and you'll be sitting up in the middle of the night worried about something you can't change. You'll be fretting. You'll be in fear. You'll be operating in fear over something God said, I got this. When God makes you a promise, this is what you need to understand about a promise. He never said you were going to run into problems before the fulfillment of the promise. But understand, you are going to fulfill or receive the promise. One thing between what God said and the fulfillment of it, sometimes you're going to run into storms. What God said and the fulfillment of it, remember he said we're going to cross over. We're going to get to the other side, but in the middle, he never said there wasn't going to be a storm. He said, you're going to be, you're, you're being challenged in the body, but now you're going to be healed. He never said you're not going to deal with some type of pain in your body. He said, you're going to be a millionaire. You are here, and you're going to be a millionaire. He never said that your checkbook might not get low again. You're going to have, you're going to have peace that passes all understanding. Here you are right here. He never said that it ain't going to try to attack your mind and take away your peace. Those with the God promise and the fulfillment of it, you ain't run across a storm somewhere in the middle. Some of you going to be millionaires one day, multi-millionaires, own your own subdivision. Some of you going to own your own whatever you're going to own. But you're here and this is fulfillment of it. In between it, you may have to deal with some trials and tribulations. Understand that? Now, does it stop God's promise from coming to pass? No. Because God is a man who cannot lie. Whatever he said, it's going to come to pass in your life. Everybody say, thank God for his word. See, it's amazing. See, these thoughts can fill our mind when storms begin to rage in our lives. People can begin to act questionable, manipulative, ungrateful, prideful, aggressive, and so forth. End up with doubt, fear, anxiety, depression, oppression, anger, rage, panic, thoughts that will feed our fears rather than our faith. Let me say this to you, and I want you to hear this clearly. Now, what I, God promised something, the fulfillment of it, in between, you got to, you can't let thoughts that promote fear fill your mind. You can't let thoughts that promote fear fill your mind. Will they come? Yeah. They'll come, but don't let them fill your boat. Don't let them fill your mind. Don't let them feel the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act. See, a good understanding of God's word can shut down those thoughts and replace it with God's word. Such scriptures like 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. First John 4 and 4, you of God, little children, have and, have and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Second Corinthians 5 and 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. 
Notice this. These thoughts will cast down imagination and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We need God's word to help us overcome the thoughts that try to fill our boats. And if you live long enough, the enemy is going to try to fill your thoughts with thoughts, what I call side effects. Problems, they're going to bring stuff with it. Try to infiltrate our minds. But we're going to use the word of God to stand against it. Now, you would think as they were traveling from one point over to the next, that Jesus would be on top, talking about rebuking the storm and everything. Talking about, get away from them. These are my children. I told them they're going to cross over to the other side. I told them I was going to heal their body. I told them I was going to, I was going to pay that bill. I told them they were going to get that job. I told them they were going to do this, that, and the other. But they found Jesus in the back of the boat doing what Jesus did. Sleep. Asleep on the pillow. Now, I had to give these disciples a little credit. At least they woke up Jesus and not somebody else. I had to give them a little credit for that. What if they tried to wake up Peter or John or somebody else? They couldn't do nothing about it, no one. You follow me? We need somebody who can do something about it. And they awoke him in verse 48, 30, excuse me, Mark 4 and 38. And when you see him, uh, he was in the stern or the back of the sleep uh, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you care that we are perishing? My interpretation of that scripture. Don't you care? Aren't you interested? Aren't you concerned? You have a trick for folks that are parents. You probably heard this once or twice in your life. Don't you care that we're hungry, mommy and daddy? Aren't you going to feed us? But can you imagine these disciples coming to Jesus? Do you not care? Aren't you interested? Aren't you concerned? Does it not matter to you that we are perishing? We're being destroyed. We're being abolished. We're rendered, being rendered useless. We're perishing. Oh, God, it's so awful. Why am I going through, especially when you told me to go to the other side? That's what you promised. That's when you you told me to go now. It wasn't my fault to go now. You said go now. You told me to go. And so now they they wake him up. And I I, I give them that much credit. They did wake up Jesus. (laughs) The time that we received uh, the word of God that reveals his promise to us, but we're still dealing with our current situation. The disciples want to know if Jesus was concerned was, was Jesus concerned about their situation? Because in their mind, they were perishing. In their mind, they were being destroyed. In their mind, they were being abolished or rendered useless. They had come to the conclusion they were perishing despite what Jesus had promised them that they were going to cross over. But in their mind, we're being destroyed, y'all. This is it. And so, and, I, and, and you know what? When I first looked at that, I was like, disciples, oh, bad, bad disciples. But then I thought about myself. God, don't you know I got this bill to pay? 
Oh God, don't you know this pain in my body is real? Oh God, don't you know these folks they treat me right at work? Oh God, don't you know I've tried this, that, and the other, and I'm still frustrated, I'm mad, I'm angry, whatever the case. And so God, don't you care that I'm your favorite child? I know, at least right now, I'm perishing. It's not going, listen, it's not going the way I want it to go. What was I really telling God? I was telling God it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. Because, you know, the way we want it to go, let's face it, I, it may not be you, but this is me. I want smooth sailing. I want God to make a promise. I want to be smooth sailing all the way over to the manifestation of the promise. I don't want no turbulence. I don't want no conflict. I don't want none of that right there. Now, you may have a different outlook how you want it, but that's what I want, okay? And when there's turbulence along the way, when there's a storm that rises between here and there, I got a problem. Because then it's not going the way I think it should go. But you know what? It's going exactly how God wants it to go. In my mind, God knew exactly what was going to happen and when it was going to happen. He knew as soon as they got to going, that storm was going to rose. In my mind, he did, because God knows everything. I don't swear, we talked about this earlier, God knows everything. He knew what was going to happen before it did, and this was all in the plan of God. Now, huh? the question is, do we call up in the report of the unbeliever, or do we get report caught up in what God says? Notice what he said, hey, we perishing, the unbeliever. Do we believe what the unbeliever is saying more than what God has already declared? God said he's going to cross over. Unbelievers say, hey, we perishing. We perishing. We'll be demolished. We'll be destroyed. Or do we get caught in believing the report of the unbeliever about our health is perishing? Our finances are perishing. Our joy is perishing. Our peace is perishing. Our love is perishing. Do we get caught up in the report of the unbeliever or do we believe what God has spoken in our lives? That we're going to cross over. We're going to cross over. The disciples basically started, stated, teacher, does it matter to you that we are being destroyed in this storm? Woo! We're being destroyed. We're being, and let me say this to you, the storm was real. The storm was real. I don't want you to think that, you know, there was a figment of their imagination. This storm was real. What you're facing is real. I don't deny, deny that. It's real. But my question is, whose report do you believe? Whose report do you See, faith walkers have to, have to walk by faith and not by sight or their senses. And you can't go by what a, a limited person tells you as opposed to the almighty God who knows everything tells you. Jesus' response reveals his nature, his authority, and his power. He spoke a word to the storm and gave it, it specific instructions and directed it to behave in a certain manner. Can you see Jesus now? Then he arose, he arose from his sleep and rebuked the wind, forbid it, he re- admonished the wind, and said to the sea, peace, be still. Calm, silence, hush, be still. Muzzle. Or close your mouth. Keep this thing in check. Woo! Look how the Lord corrected the storm. I'm talking about not just anybody, but He corrected a storm. You don't believe that's something? Go outside and talk to the wind and see how I react to you. 
You don't think that's powerful? God is a powerful God. You may not need the wind to change directions, but you may need something in your life to speak to it, to calm it down because it's talking to you. It's telling you some stuff. It's telling you something that is contrary to God's word. And you got to be able to speak to that and say, hey, this ain't what God promised me. God promised me I was going to cross over. God promised me I was going to be healed. God promised me I was going to be delivered. God promised me I was going to be in peace. God promised me I was going to prosper. And anything that comes up against it, you got to hush it. You got to hush it. Or does it have more power than the one who made you the promise? Whose report do you believe? Whose report do you believe? We must believe the report of the Lord. Therefore, you have to tell this thing to peace, be still. Submit yourself to what God has for my life. Submit yourself to the will of God. If you're going to be here, listen, I don't need for you to be uh, water that is causing havoc. I need for you to be calm water as I go across you, as I go across the things that I'm dealing with in my life. He rebuked, he forbid, he reproved and admonished the wind. And once the Lord corrected and condemned the wind, he spoke clear direction to the sea. The wind ceased or calmed down. There was a great calm or tranquility at the time. This shows us the power of the Lord's word over the storm or disturbance or anything that is trying to cause things to go topsy-turvy in your life. God can speak to it. The wind, listen, Every storm has to submit to God. Everything that is trying to turn your life topsy-turvy has to submit to God. God is more powerful than anything that tries to get you or stop you from receiving his promise. Because why? Even the wind and the seas obey him. Every problem you have got to obey God. Every situation that comes up in your life got to obey God. Listen, it may not, listen, you may ask for God to do it and it may not seem like it's working, but stay in faith and God will deliver you from that situation. He will deliver you from that situation. We serve a God that can close the mouth of the sea. Listen, he woke up out of his sleep and spoke a word that the wind and the sea would have to obey him. Our God is our God is Jesus. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is the ruler. He is the healer. He is the God of peace. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And we know he's a way maker. Listen, when God said he will make a way, <clears throat> sometimes he has to speak to the storms in our life and tell them to peace be still so the way can be made to fulfill this promise. Because God's word should not return back to him, boy. What, what's that word going? How in the world we say going to cross over? Going to come back and say we couldn't cross over because of the storm. We couldn't cross over because of the turbulences and things turning topsy turvy in our life. How can that report back to God and say it's it's not working the way that He said it's supposed to work? Therefore, that's why you get to know his word, you get in his promises, and when you know God's word, no matter what storm rises up in your life, you know it's got to bow down to the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess Hallelujah. that he is Lord. He's a miracle worker. 
He's a burden, burden bearer. He's a yoke destroyer. His name is Jesus. Woo! If I promise you something, disciples, it's going to come to pass in your life. If I promise you something, OCC, as long as you're a faith walker, it's going to come to pass in your life. Now, he didn't say the storms wouldn't rise up in your life. Never said that. But he wants you to believe him despite the storms that rise up in your life. Now, he's dealt with the storms. It's one more group he got to deal with. He had to deal with his disciples. And he makes an interesting statement to the disciples, one we don't want to have happen to us here at OCC. In Mark 4 and 40, why are you so fearful? Why are you so timid? Why are you so faithless? How is it that you have no faith? No assurance in God's written and revealed word. No belief in Jesus. No reliance upon Christ. In a time where they need to understand and apply his word the most, they were fearful and faithless. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be like that. We want to be a church that is faith walkers. He says this to them, and can you imagine from Jesus' point of view? They had been with Jesus. They had seen him do miracles. Most, most of us have been, we have heard message after message. And when we get in situations, we have to, one thing I, I believe we have to do is put the word into action. Now, in your mind, you may not be able to say, hey, I can make something happen because of this, that, and the other. But when you look at what he said in his word, you said, you know what? I can at least speak to my financial situation. I can at least give. Because giving going to change my living. I may not know exactly how to get out, but I can pray that the Lord will show me what to do. I can do something instead of sitting around and doing nothing. Because that's what the enemy wants me to do. It's nothing. He don't want me to pray. He don't want me to give. He don't want me to fast. He don't want me to get in the word. He don't want me to do anything except sit on the sideline and just watch him cause havoc. Watch him turn my life topsy-turvy. You are, you are faith walkers. Listen, if he can get you so timid, so afraid that you do absolutely nothing, he's got you. And you'll be like these disciples here. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? No faith. No faith. No faith. Because even James 2 and 17 we read earlier, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead. It's dead. I got to do something. Just don't sit around and talk about, I'm going to let let the medicine just take its course. No, I'm going to be a faith walker. If I take medicine, it's going to be by faith. If I do what the doctor says, it's going to be by faith. If I give, it's going to be by faith. Anything that's not done in faith, the Bible tells us, is sin. We must be faith walkers. 
I love my wife by faith. I, I do what I do by faith. We got to be faith walkers. No matter what comes up in life, we must be faith walkers. Why? Because even the wind and the sea obey who we're talking about. And if the wind and the sea obey God, what about the circumstances in your life? What about the times the enemy tries to bring about oppression, depression, anything else in your life? The wind and the sea obey my God. What, what's happening in our life that's more powerful than God? Nothing. Nothing. This to me is an example of what Hebrews 2 and 1 tells us. Hebrews 10 and 1. 2, excuse me. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1. Let me go there real quickly. I'm close with this scripture. Thank y'all for being so patient. Therefore, we must give the more, more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Notice when they heard that the Lord said, we cross them over to the other side. You can't let the storm come up in your life and talk about, I forgot what he said. I forgot that he said, we're going to cross over. When God said, better is here, better is coming, you can't forget that. No matter what comes up in your life that tries to turn things topsy-turvy. You can't forget that by his stripes, he, you're already healed. This sickness and disease has no place in your body. You can't forget that he said, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. You can't forget that he says, I'm the head, you're the head and not the tail above only not believe. You can't forget what he says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. You can't forget he's doing exceedingly abundantly above anything you ask or think according to the power that working it up. You can't forget what he already said in his word. You can't forget it. Because if you get it, you allow the storms of life to get the best of you. Because they're going to come. And one thing we learn from the storm is this. A reverence for God in a greater way. Because when he says, hey, that storm is here. Hey, nobody can move that but God. I said, I give disciples credit. They didn't wake up Jesus. They didn't try to wake up John or any other disciples. I'm glad they didn't try to wake none of them up. Two, you get a great, greater revelation of his power. A greater revelation of his power. One, reverence for God in a greater way. Two, a greater revelation of his power. And three, an opportunity to see people, things, and situations obey his spoken and written word. Reverence for God in a greater way. A greater revelation of his power. And an opportunity to see people, things, and situations Obey his spoken word. Because, listen, even after the storm hit, and he, they got rebuked, at least they made it to the other side. Y'all missed that, didn't you? Don't let rebukes stop you from making it to the other side. Don't jump off the boat because you got rebuked. Don't leave the church because you got corrected.
through the word. Listen, at least you're making it to the other side. At least you're receiving the promise of God, which is yes and amen. Because why? Even the wind and the sea obey God. So you know whatever you're dealing with, got to obey him too. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia, on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.